Jesus is always pointing us to the what's more important. And so today, I want to focus our attention on the things that we need to remember so that we can be better at our next milestone birthday. I want us to zoom out from the tyranny of the urgent, and I want us to get our hearts focused on what is truly eternal. Some days it seems like you're spending all your time putting out one fire after another, managing life. But as Pastor Daniel reminds you in today's message, there's more to life than the next thing on your list. You see, God wants you to look up from the details of your days and focus on what He says is important. Replacing your priorities with His values will enable you to live in the fullness of who He is and who He made you to be. Now, Here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he begins his message, Made Whole. So Resurrection Sunday, waking up for me is always a very special time. Because you know what it's like when you wake up in the morning? It's like you're realizing that, you know, it's another day. And depending on your personality, some of us wake up in the mornings and we're like, Oh no, not another day, right? But on Resurrection Sunday morning as a pastor, I wake up and I'm just like, all right. And I always try and imagine what it was like for Jesus at the resurrection. I mean, he knew he was going to be raised from the dead. He knew that this is why he came into the world. He knew that God, his father, had a plan. This is why he was sent. But I just imagine the very first Resurrection Sunday morning as Jesus opened his eyes. Do you ever just wonder, like, what was the first thought that passed through the mind of Jesus at the resurrection? I mean, no doubt he's praising his father. But I always think about my son Obadiah, that when my son Obadiah gets excited, he always says two words, let's go. And I just imagine that was the heart of Jesus at the resurrection. Like, because he knew that him walking out of that grave was going to change everything. Everything was going to get changed. Because now death was defeated, sin was conquered, shame was destroyed, all through his death on the cross and his subsequent resurrection. But the question for all of us remains, what do we do now in light of the resurrection? What do we do? How shall life be lived? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I'm getting older now. A number of you have been commenting on the, all the salt in my normally pepperous beard. You know, they say that the, the gray hairs are wisdom. I just know that I'm getting older, you know? And, and as I've been getting older, I've been spending more time kind of reflecting on the past you know, it's been happening as I have, you know, the springtime has lots of birthdays in, in my family. And so as my oldest is 16, we just celebrated my middle child, Maranatha, just turned 13. And, you know, when, when your babies are becoming teenagers, and they hate when I say that, you know, but when they're becoming teenagers, you ask yourself, like, where'd the time go? 
And I become that guy. I become the guy who's like, when someone's got a little one, I'm like, man, it happens fast. Take a lot of pictures. Like, I always didn't think I was going to be that guy, but now I'm that guy, right? And I've been thinking about when my kids were little, what that was like, right? I find myself reflecting back to other times. And I catch myself sometimes, maybe like a lot of you, looking back at other times and thinking that maybe that they were better than what it is right now. And every time I catch myself doing that, I sense the Lord saying, Daniel, that's not true. But you're thinking that way. And so there's a phrase that I find myself saying more and more, and I want to share it with you. It's better than, and then insert your next milestone birthday. Better at 50 for me. I'm 45. I want to be better at 50 than I was today. Maybe for you, you're you're, you're 18 right now. I want you to say, I want to be better at 21. Maybe right now you're 70. I want you to say, I want to be better at 75. Because here's the deal. In Jesus, each one of us have, we've been made whole, and we're in the process of being made whole. It's already and it's not yet. It's in Jesus, positionally, you are whole. But every single day of life is a day to experience more and more of what it means to be made whole. And I think what goes on is in the world in which we live today, where everything is designed to grab your attention, hold your attention, keep you locked in, we are so overwhelmed with the tyranny of the right now that for many of us, we're losing what's really important in all of this. You know, as my kids are getting older, we talk a lot about what's going on in the world. And, and obviously, you know, as, as we've all gone through 2020, 2021, there's been these series of really, 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 really important things that at least they're trying to get our attention about. And my kids were asking me about it, like, Dad, well, how are you handling this? I'm like, well, I've been around long enough to see, I've got decades of these things. I remember all the different news stories. From all these, and, and for those of you who are older than me, like, yeah, I remember the ones before, like, I remember Watergate, you know, I remember this thing, I remember that thing, you know, like, it, you have all of these, the things that consume our attention. And I'm like, the things that we're seeing and learning, they're real, but there are things that are even more important. And I think one of the beauties of reading the scriptures and following Jesus is that Jesus is always pointing us to the what's more important. And so today, I want to focus our attention on the things that we need to remember so that we can be better at our next milestone birthday. I want us to zoom out from the tyranny of the urgent, and I want us to get our hearts focused on what is truly eternal. So in order to do that, I want you to open your Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to take verses 23 and 24 together. So if you brought your Bible with you, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, the church in Thessalonica. First Thessalonians sits between uh, Paul's letter to the Colossians, which we studied together recently, and then of course, Second Thessalonians. So uh, kind of towards the end of your Bible, really, it's, it's one of the last of Paul's letters right before the, his different pastoral epistles, but after the Gospels. And really, verses 23 and 24 of 1 Thessalonians 5, it's simply the beginning of the 
closing of the letter. It's, it's like the benediction portion of the, of the letter. He's saying goodbye at the end of this letter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, don't worry. Pull out your mobile device. I would love for you to go to your favorite Bible app browser window. Type in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 23 and 24. Because I don't just want to share these truths with you, but I really want you to be able to, to meditate upon these things. To really think through them, how it impacts you personally, where you are. So the Apostle Paul said this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and also will do it. Beautifully simple verses. But I actually believe that in these verses, it gives us the key to the big things, the most important things. The things that if we keep our focus on them, we will grow better through this world, no matter what happens. Notice first, now may the God of peace himself, I would say to you this way, God makes peace through Jesus. Paul knows God is the God of peace because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And this is why for our culture we have Easter Sunday, but for the believers of Jesus, every single day is a day to commemorate the death and resurrection of Jesus. I would say to you that everything you need to know about life Everything that you need to know about what God's plan is for humanity, you can find by simply spending time pondering, meditating, thinking upon the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. It has everything there. And no amount of time spent pondering what Jesus' death means, what his resurrection impacts, will ever fully pull all of the spiritual nourishment out of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. We don't want to be once a year crucifixion and resurrection kind of people. We want you to make it your life. Every day is a day to lean in to the death and resurrection of Jesus. I don't know how many times as a follower of Jesus I have felt in my spirit, Daniel, you need to die to yourself right now. Like the issue, the conflict right now is not them, it's you. It's not what they're doing, it's you're not dying to yourself. Or the amount of times I have caught myself in following Jesus for more than 20 years when I have to remind myself that because Jesus is alive today, I have nothing to worry about for today or the future. If Jesus can conquer death, then whatever is in front of me is small potatoes, as they say. Because God is the God of peace, and he has made peace through the finished work of Jesus on the cross and the resurrection. The Apostle Paul said it this way, Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. And by him, to reconcile all things to himself... By him, whether those things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. If you're here today and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, 
What you need to realize is God has made a way for you to be at peace with God and to have the peace of God through Jesus. That's where it happens. The only way to be at peace with God and to have the supernatural peace of God is to find it in Jesus because God makes peace for us in Jesus. And it's not just about acknowledging Jesus. It's about believing in him, abiding in him, letting Jesus be the source of nourishment for you at all times. Now, if you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus, guess what? The only place your peace is going to be found is in Jesus. As somebody who follows Jesus with you, what I can tell you is that you can believe in Jesus and forget the peace that God has made for us through the cross and forget to allow God's peace to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What I have seen over the last 18 months is the people of God forget that the God of all peace is with them. Because even when you don't agree with what's going on, and God's peace guards your heart and your mind, the way that you work for peace is different because you have a supernatural peace. I believe that the people of God should be like the eye in the center of a crazy storm where there's so much turbulence, but there's a place of peace. I believe that our hearts should be refuges for people in the midst of the turbulence of life. But it comes from remembering that God has already made peace. So what would it look like for us to allow the God of peace himself to abide so richly in us that we walk in this supernatural peace, that we can broker in the peace that was bought for us through the death and resurrection of Jesus? You want to be better at your next milestone birthday? Go down deep in the fact that God makes peace for us in Jesus. That never changes. Every day is an invitation into that. Now, notice what it says next. Verse 23, 1 Thessalonians 5. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. My friends, God sets us apart that word sanctify is such a powerful idea that the God who makes peace for us in Jesus himself, he wants to sanctify you. He wants to set you apart completely. At every single point, at every single moment of every single one of our lives, there is this reality of what it means to be a follower of Jesus in Christ where we realize that we are not like everybody else. And we don't see that as a point of arrogance. We just realize that God has set us apart. I was thinking about this growing up. I love playing baseball. I always wondered if I would be, when I was really young, I thought I might have a shot at being a professional baseball player. You know, uh, it didn't happen. Praise God. You know, I wasn't really that good. I just had delusions of grandeur, you know. But I used to love playing ball. And all my buddies played baseball as well. And I remember, you know, at my house, they had the big five-gallon bucket full of baseballs. 
right? And so, like, you know, if we were going to play, we'd bring the whole buck. You know, you're going to lose the balls around, you know, just the way that it goes. An errant throw, someone just hits the ball and it goes forever, which I always wish was me. It never was. But, you know, so you'd have, you'd have the bucket of balls so you'd always play, you know? And we had all, all of our friends would play, so we'd have these pickup games, you know, a baseball. But I remember we went over to my buddy's house, and my buddy wasn't really into playing baseball all that much. And he's like, man, we should play some baseball. And I'm like, yeah, we should play some baseball. So you know, he's like, I, got some, I think I got some gloves, I got a bat, but we couldn't find a ball anywhere. Couldn't find a ball. I was like, I'm like, man, don't you guys have like a bucket of balls here, the five-gallon bucket? You know, he's like, no, no. But he's like, wait, my dad's got a ball. It's in his office. I'm like, oh yeah? Let's go check that thing out, man. And he's got a ball. And so sure enough, I go, and there's a ball. Everyone goes, oh, because you guys know where this is going. There's a ball that's in this little glass case, and I look at it, and it's signed by Mickey Mantle. And he's like, let's just use that ball. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's like, what do you mean it's a ball? I'm like, no, that's signed by Mickey Mantle. Who's Mickey Mantle? I'm like, man, your dad's got a ball signed by Mickey Mantle. You know who Mickey Mantle is? And if you don't know who he is, he's a great baseball player. New York Yankees, baby. You know? And it's like, that ball is not the ball that you take out with your buddies and throw around on the concrete and see if you can do, do a short hop. No, that ball sits in a piece of glass because the signature on it makes it different than every other ball. And my friends, that's a great analogy for what it means to be in Christ. Brothers and sisters, you are set apart. You're not like every other baseball. You're not common. It doesn't mean, it's not like, well, who cares, man? Just skip that thing along the ground. No. The God of peace in Jesus has chosen to place his spirit within you and his, and his hand upon you and he's written your name in the book of life and that means you are not like everybody else. And God wants to set us apart so that we realize that we are not like everybody else. Everybody else can be up in arms but we don't have to be because we believe in the God of peace. We realize that the way we steward our lives, we don't, we don't see ourselves as owners of our lives. We realize that we were bought at a price and our lives are not our own. And so we move through the world with a different set of things that we care about. Because you're not like everybody else. And every single day I have to be reminded by my Bible and by the Spirit of God within me that I am set apart for a unique purpose. Because you know what I think goes on in the world in which we live in? Really what our world is trying to tell us is that all of us are there just for whatever the thing is. And I'm here to tell you, no. God's got a plan for you. God didn't choose you for no reason, my brother, my sister. God has a purpose in the way he made you and why he made you that way. I know my Bible tells me that because you're God's workmanship and you were created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared beforehand that you would walk in them. That God has a purpose for you. But unless we realize that God has fearfully and wonderfully created us with a unique purpose, we end up letting everything else define for us who we are and the way they want you to define yourself is just you're common. You're just a voter. You're just a consumer. You're, you're just another person moving through the world. And I'm here to tell you, no, no, no. The God of peace himself wants to sanctify you completely. Paul said it this way to the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 12 and 13. He said, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all 
just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of his saints. That word sanctify, it literally means to set apart as holy. The word sanctus in the, in the Latin literally means to make holy. So if you ever wonder why God has set us apart, he wants us to set ours, to realize that we are set apart to be made holy like Jesus is holy. That word holy has, it's fallen on bad times because we live in a culture that doesn't think about things as being sacred very much. But when you realize that you haven't just been randomly set apart, but you've been set apart to be made holy, you're other, you're distinct, you're different. We realize that what God wants to do is, as he sets us apart, we're going to abound more and more in love, self-sacrificial love. And God is going to do a work of restoration by establishing our hearts that we might be blameless in holiness. Do you realize what you're going through right now? Don't make your decisions as somebody who isn't set apart to be holy. When was the last time in making a decision you say, what would holiness do in this situation? Like, if, if all I wanted was to know that I was set apart, what would I do? How would I do this differently? Brothers and sisters, you want to be better at your next birthday? You're set apart. You're not like everyone else. You know, it's amazing to watch when you read the scriptures how often the people of God are invited to be different, but really where they struggle, they just want to be like everybody else. Like, you remember, God told them, you don't need a king because I'll, I'll be your king. And he's like, and if you have a king, the king's going to take all the money. He's going to send you to war. He's going to build himself a nice house, you know. And sure enough, they get into the promised land, and what's the very first thing the children of Israel want? A king. Why? They want to be like everybody else. All the other nations had a leader. And sure enough, they ended up with Saul, a lousy king, <laughs> you know. And then they had some good kings, like David and Solomon, but they still amassed tremendous amounts of wealth. But God said, you don't need to be like everybody else. We move into the New Testament and we hear things that we should be God's own peculiar people, set apart for the Lord. The current of our culture, not just our culture today, but every culture is to be like the culture. And God's like, no, no, I want you to be different. Brothers and sisters, what would it look like for us to be different? To be set apart. But he goes on, and I love this. Verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians 5. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's what you really need to learn here. In the midst of all the craziness of life, God wants all of you. Not just a part of you. God wants all of you. Jesus is real. The world wants you to believe that you're just one person in the cog, that you're just like everybody else. But that's not what God says. 
In his message today, Pastor Daniel urged you to live in the reality that God has set you apart. You're not common, you're his. And from your behaviors, to your thoughts, to your desires, he's working to transform every area of your life. You'll learn that God has big plans for you, plans to usher in greater joy and purpose, hope and peace as you grow in the areas he brings to light. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus' Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus' Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Just click on Give. Thank you for partnering with us. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more about the wholeness that you can find in the Lord. God desires to see your life transformed. You'll discover that this process will continue throughout your life. You'll never reach a point where you've arrived. There's always more that He's doing and room for you to grow in your walk with Him. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Made Whole. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.